Yeah. I'll react if I had to. Put some things in the past to and don't let them distract you, but react if you have to. Yeah. I'll react if I had to. Put some things in the past to and don't let them distract you, but react if you have to. Yeah. React if you have to. Yeah. Don't know the time, but just wait it on. Yeah, one of a kind. Yeah, what's on your mind? Yeah, what hard to find? Yeah, beautiful mind. Yeah, still in my prime. Yeah, just know that I'm here. What's up, guys? How are you doing, Jeff? Doing well, Chris. What's up? Not much. Um, you know, somebody used to ask me when I was a kid, "What's up?" and my buddy would always respond. He was next to me, or if somebody asked him what's up, he'd say hard dicks and airplanes. <laughs> Just thought of that. How old were you guys? About 10. <laughs> See, I said, 11. I think I said chicken butt. Mm. <laughs> what's up, chicken butt? Yeah. When I was 10. Chris, I, you were a little advanced. When I was a fucking jerk off, I used to hold this kid down and punch him until he said the word fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do that? Listen to that voice. <laughs> Who's that? Who is that? Hey, I'm Teresa. Hi, Teresa. <laughs> Hello. I'm really excited for today. I am too. Um, because it's important. It's actually going to probably be a heavy, brutal topic, but it's so important. So I'm so glad you're here with us. Um, this is my friend, Teresa. Wait, before we get into intros, Jeff, you're a singer, right? Sort of. Yes. Can I'm you singing. sing this sentence? <clears throat> Can you sing it? What is the sentence? Um, I never, ever saw the Northern Lights. I don't I, think I know. The, I don't. Know I that. never ever saw the northern lights. And what are you supposed to sing? I never ever heard a cluster. This of flies. is a farmhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa's a huge fish head. This is yep. fish. Yeah, this is fish. Farmhouse. That's the, the record, right? Is that what it's called? That, yeah, it it is. The whole, yeah, yeah. So for for I'm not like a big fucking jam bander. <laughs> Teresa is, but yeah, my some of my buddies are. I mean, since high school would follow the Grateful Dead stuff. Fish was a huge phenomenon. And so I got into Farmhouse and Heavy Things. Those are two of my favorite songs. Those are solid songs, man. They're, they're, I don't care what anybody says. Right. <laughs> um, so so Teresa, so how we met, actually, I I live in Webster now, and there is a, it, Webster's like a small town in a big city. It has some mom and pops, um, it has like a downtown feel in Old Webster, and there was a hair salon, a hair saloon for men, and I started getting my hair cut there right when I moved. Um, and they have sports on; you can get you know they give coffee, complimentary. Um, so I just would go up there as close. Uh, and I was, I think maybe three, been going there for five plus years, and then probably four years ago, I Teresa cut my hair once, and we hit it off, and I was like, I'm just gonna, I just want to stick with her. I was really happy you did that. Like, I would see you sometimes, and you would always be like, oh, you give the best scalp massage. I'm going to come to you. <laughs> and I was like, well, thanks. And that's cool. And then I would, like, see you sometimes after that. But then we connected on fish, and uh-huh. you were, I had you. So that <laughs> see, was my, it. My wife does hair, and so she cuts my hair for free. Nice, yeah. But she skips the scalp massage with me. It's That's bullshit. Oh, I'll yeah, say thank it. you. Thank I'll you. I'm trying to be... I'm keeping the the G rating on my it. side. Right. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so yeah, Teresa would give the best scalp, but she does. So if anybody's looking to get their hair cut, um, Teresa uh, cuts hair at at Hair Saloon for Men and Webster. Thanks for the endorsement. And um, we anytime we it, the funny thing I just thought of this when we first 
when I first started like going to her, we were talking about fish, and I was dropping f bombs, and it was a busy Saturday. And Teresa's like, "Chris, I love you. You got to watch the f word. There's, there's a lot of kids in here." I'm like, "Oh shit, you're right." I mean, oh shoot. So, um, Teresa, how's my hair look today? Actually? I think it looks fabulous. I mean, I, you know, I. What did I see you last Saturday? Yeah, I don't want to toot my own horn or anything, but it looks good. It looks good. That looks good. That's sharp. There ain't much to do here, though, Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, there's, I think my cousin goes in. To, to see you i think um another uh, musician here at, at the church we go to yeah. goes to see you so we headed off instantaneously because she was talking about something and a fish got brought up and then i heard her passion and love for music and for fish and my buddies like i'm like i and i still I, you guys got to cross paths you probably have but we've been at the same shows together i'm certain <laughs> I'm not saying you, but I know for them there was probably some red eyes and and <laughs> and some faded memories. Hey, well, maybe I and don't some know. munchies. I don't know. I can ne- <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny right. this. <laughs> That's yeah. We don't want to self uh, take the fifth, right? That's Plead right. The fifth. So That's so right. when Teresa started cutting my hair, you know, if you guys, for those of you that don't know me, believe it or not, I'm kind of a bullshitter. <laughs> right i um i we we get to chatting about life and i've gone through a lot of things since um and the time that that we have been seeing each other uh usually every three weeks is what i Just try to about, get in yeah. um my I'm, I'm follically challenged i guess is what it is that what you hear that often uh no but that's that's, 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 appropriate. A, joke? that's a good one that's, right. a, that's appropriate and i shared with her my recovery story the journey i was on and you know, I remember talking to her uh, about it, and that first time she got a little, uh, you could tell something changed mm-hmm. and in your demeanor. Um, you're one of the most, you, you pursued happiness and joy and love other people, and the, like you, you, you do that with a passion. So when your face changed, I knew something was heavy on in, inside in your heart. Yeah. Um, and and I asked you, and you had mentioned to me at the time that you you had, have a sister that uh, that's that's barely been struggling with with drug use um, with an addiction. Yeah. And immediately then we've like connected on a deeper level. Yeah. And, and that was really profound to me that you were going through the same thing, mm-hmm. and um, knowing that you were gave me hope that she could maybe do it, and. Uh, so it was just nice to. I I just have a soft spot for people that are mm-hmm. going through that, you know. Yeah, you you have a big heart, and um, and it was it, it really when we discussed that. Yeah, we we you, I don't know you. It's like you're with someone that gets it. Um, and I always say there's a two pronged approach. There, what addiction does, it's it's not just the disease of the addict. But it's a disease to the entire family. Yes, it ripple affects your entire family. And I'm not just talking about blood family and uh, immediate family, but your friends that are family too. Um, I I my fucked up life fucked up other people's lives because it can, they consume their worry, their their it stole their joy. It you know they were fully stressed f- for me. So it's a disease of the entire family. And now being on the other side of it and going through, like, the amends and stuff you, you make with folks as part of your recovery journey, I know what 
I don't know how she's feeling. I know what she's feeling, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, because I did it to my friends and family and my mom, and um, somehow, some way, I, the grace of God, decided to it was able to fight it and and I'm maintaining it. I try to say that I'm confident in my sobriety, but I never want to get too cocky, and that's a that's a daily approach. So, with that being said, I, I I've been talking to Teresa since we launched this podcast, and I'm like. I gotta have you on. I gotta share. I gotta have you share the story of your sister. Uh, sh- what's your sister's name? My sister's name is For Michelle. Michelle, that's right. And Michelle um, was a beautiful person. Yes. And um, that's uh, an understatement. Just yeah. about yeah. And unfortunately, I, I I said was. She still is, but she's not with us anymore, right? That's Teresa? that's correct. She passed away on February twelfth, twenty eighteen. She succumbed to her addiction, and. We didn't even know she was using again. Hmm. So it was a complete shock. Um, do you mind sharing what she was addicted to? Uh, certainly. She was addicted to opiates, mm-hmm. uh, heroin mostly, but it started with OxyContin. That's usually it, the it is, yeah. launching that's, pad for this shit. That's the pathway, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's brutal. I, yeah. um, so in January when we started the podcast, I always talked about wanting to have you on um, because of, you know, we... When when she passed away, um, I just my heart fucking broke for you, and I um, prayed for you, you know, with you if you want to say that, and and my heart just broke. But I knew immediately that whatever I could to walk this grief journey that is uh, doesn't have a finish line. Um, that's mythological that there's a finish line to it. you. You just learn to live with your grief and it. And you, and you, from in my experience, it's just proof that you loved. Yeah, absolutely. And it is not a linear process. Right. You you go Perfect. backwards and you go forwards and you go really far forwards mm-hmm. and then you fall back to the day it happened and there's no telling how it's going to go. There's no telling what kind of day you're going to have when you wake up when you're dealing with something like this. There's just no telling how it's going to work out. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's all over the place. And, yeah, and, and it's okay to fall backwards. And it's okay to be really fucking sad sometimes for seemingly no reason. That's it is just, okay. Yeah, and that's just the way it is. I've had to accept that. And that's a very hard thing for me, especially in my job, because I work with the public. And yeah. I'm expected to be cheerful. And there's times where I just feel the grief spilling out of me onto perfect strangers. And that's... You know, that's difficult. I know it takes people by surprise, but and and they're thinking like, oh, this just came out of nowhere. I'm like, it didn't come out of nowhere. I've been thinking about this since I woke up this morning. And sorry, it just came out. It just comes out. And you're just you're looking for some connection with somebody. And that's Mm -hmm. why it spills out of you. Uh, Yeah, you you couldn't have said it better. Um, I'm thinking about, you know, as as we relate, like I'm trying to think in 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 my non-christian days what would what would make me want to punch somebody in the face more and i don't think there is anything more that when somebody would just say you need to get over it you need to s- never mind but <laughs> the not i'll now. tell you what you need to do right 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 <laughs> uh-huh and and when now if i hear that or i hear somebody say it to somebody else um i really i want to i hug the person that it was said to but i really want to 
kind of pray for the person that said it because they they haven't yet endured. Yeah, and they will. That's the thing. It they will. Happens to yeah. It usually, some people way more than others, unfortunately. But yeah, it does catch up with you. Mm-hmm. And I, and I don't want anybody to go through this pain that, no. that I have. I don't want anybody to go through the pain that you have. No, no, I don't. You just can tell who hasn't yes, when they say that exactly. Shit. And I've been fortunate. Let me let me put a little peace into your heart right now. No one has ever told me that. God bless. I am so lucky that no, they're actually everybody else is lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. uh, But luckily, no one has told me that. So I think everybody understands that this was a sudden, shocking loss. Yes. You know, and she was young. She was 31 years old. Like, you're just getting started. That's brutal. You know, it's, yeah, it's, that is, it really is. So, so, yeah, so you brought up her age, and that's, what I kind of want to do today is mm-hmm. is start at the beginning. I want to, mm-hmm. if you can tell us how you grew up together, um, because you've often referred to me or told me, you know, she's your sister, best friend, all bald in one, right? Yeah, she uh, she was. So my parents owned a business when we were growing up, and as a result of that, they worked constantly. So Michelle and I didn't really do any um, extracurricular activities. We didn't do sports. We didn't do Girl Scouts. We didn't do, and I wanted to, but we just didn't. They are, we were too busy or maybe too broke or maybe a combination of the two. So Michelle and I, all we really had was each other. We went to work with our parents just about every day. And, um, you know, we had to play together and we had to get along together and we had to use our imaginations together and, I'll tell you what, we had a ball doing it. We did. I mean, I, I can think of so many adventures we had in this seemingly foreign place. You know, it mm-hmm. was this, I mean, it was this weird, this big building. It was a whole shop full of like RV parts and <laughs> weird. It was an RV business. I'll say that. Like, I'll just say that. Um, and so it was just, and then, you know, there was like a back lot with all the RVs parked. And it was, I just remember like riding bikes and, and, and playing and making up all these crazy games and stories and, we just we had a ball together, but that we were kind of all we had. I mean, we had friends at school and everything, but for the most part, it was just the two of us. Mm-hmm. So that's you know we just the had each other. Pot. Yeah, we just had each other, and it wasn't always pretty. We didn't sure. always get along. I mean, how you know? Do you uh, hate your siblings sometimes? Yeah, when you're like that age, yes, you do. Yeah, don't um, ask my sisters. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah, you can plead the fifth on that one. That's fine. That's fair. Especially the older one. Her and I have more the dynamic of brother-sister. With She's the older sister. But my younger sister, she's a lot younger than me and my older sister. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of, we both, and she gets so pissed, but we both try to parent her. You know? But, yeah, the, I get it. You're, you're, you're friends, and then, yeah, I know the... Yeah. And and when you go grow that close... Um, there's so many so many similarities that I have because that's how I grew. I grew like that towards my old man. Um, him and I became best friends, uh, and then the whole familial thing. But um, so when that light goes out, it's a couple, It's multiple lights. It goes out in your world. Well, yeah, it's a it's a part of you. Right. That's I a great mean, way not to put even it. just a part of your life. It's you. That's your soul. That's somebody that's connected to you. Mm. In the deepest way possible. I mean, to lose a sibling is to lose your childhood, 
It's to lose the only person who knows what you went through together because we did go through a lot of stuff together. Absolutely. Um, our biological dad was not good to us. Sorry to so, hear that. Thank you. Um, he did not teach us to love ourselves. He did not teach us how to love other people. He didn't want us to feel too good about ourselves. You know, he that was conceited and that was vain. And in God's eyes, that's a sin. And it was <laughs> he taught us so many ugly things about life and religion. I feel like he used religion all wrong. You know, because yeah. I, I, I do believe I believe Christianity and religion has the power to make somebody a very good person. But when you put it in the wrong hands, it's not a good thing. Yep. It's just not a good thing. So um, he was physically abusive and he was emotionally neglectful and i i remember being scared of him uh, michelle doesn't didn't seem to remember that what's the age difference with you and michelle we are just under two years apart without me asking how old you are right <laughs> see how I'm i not, did that you know i'm not sensitive about my age really that's that's cool with me but um we are just under two years like if she would been if she would have been born 12 days later we would be exactly two years she older or younger she was younger yeah okay yeah man i'm sure there's a dynamic there of being the older sister yeah there's a there's a protective nature Mm -hmm. exactly Um, and that's and that goes all the way back to childhood like i remember i mean i remember getting in trouble and being physically punished for things that um and that was traumatic that was so traumatic he didn't he didn't do it and i don't i mean I don't I want, want to beat get the it. fuck out of this guy. I, 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 that's not Christian. Uh, that's not Christian. <laughs> we just talked about I this. <laughs> I know. It's a, I'm telling you, it's a daily minute by minute thing with me that I have to say that to remind myself you're veering. So, yep. Sometimes it's one day at a time. Sometimes it's one minute at a time. <laughs> Absolutely. Sometimes in my it case, just has yeah. to be that way. You so, said one thing, Teresa, yeah. that, um, that I can... It really, it's super important that people don't realize this. I, and I didn't realize it until I had to go through these training classes um, to become a foster parent. That you have to take a class called si- sibling bonds. So, in the state of Missouri, and I'm sure it's like this everywhere else. Um, the the states when when children enter care, enter children's division, they do whatever they can not to separate the siblings because the sibling bond. And it, it's the longest relationship you're, you're supposed to have. You, yeah, it is. By statistics, right? You got your parents, you, you know, but your sibling, you're supposed to grow old together. And yeah. unfortunately, Teresa, that's not going to happen for you. And I no. don't mean to bring it up no, that way. That's but that's a- how powerful this is to you and, 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 and how the level of hurt is unimaginable. So, so back to being siblings, um, how... How old do you think she was when she started using? Um, I want to say she had to be around 21 or 22. And I can distinctly remember um, the moment where I found out about it. Um, so we we were just dumb kids. You know, high school. Sure, sure, sure. I smoked pot with her for the first time. Not um, you. I had, no, no way. No, no. <laughs> And uh, so it's, you know, I had done it a few times before and I was like, hey, you got to, you know, we got to, I don't feel responsible for her drug use at all, but no, I, you it's know, not your responsibility. no, it's not. She chose to do that with me. I didn't make her do it. She wanted, she expressed curiosity yeah. and I was like, well, I can get that. I can do that for you. Sure. So I did that and she was always kind of just, you know, smoked weed and drank a little alcohol every once, just normal right. teenager stuff, you know? 
Um, even Jeff did that, I think. Yeah, the, even Jeff did that. Even yeah. Jeff did yeah. that. <laughs> even the saint over here. Right. right. <laughs> I'm on a pedestal. Sure. <laughs> Jeff the liberal. <laughs> well, wait, hey, wait, wait, wait. We got Teresa the liberal, too. We got Teresa, too. You're outnumbered today. You are outnumbered today. Have I really ever said what I am, or do people just kind of know? And I'm not, I mean, anyway. I guess I'm outnumbered. Well, that'll be another podcast. That's another podcast. You're definitely not Chris the liberal. Right. I've never been called that. No. <laughs> been called a lot of things. I've been called been a lot of things. Um, so I, t- yeah, back to what I was saying is that um, so we, you know, she did normal stuff like that, and um, I do remember. Uh, I would, I would say this was maybe 2008 or 2009. I remember she approached me and was like, "Hey, I know where to get oxycontins if you ever want them." And I was like, "What the fuck? Yeah, no, man. no." I was like, "No, I don't want that." I just, you know, I and but I, I didn't think anything of it i just nobody was like, no. did Teresa. no i know it's that's crazy. the thing it was so innocent it was just like yeah, i just i did a few pills in high sure. school you know like i did I, I messed around with some of that stuff but um but i just was like oh god no i had heard what oxycontin i heard it was just a really really intense high i didn't know that it was like super super addictive i just had heard and i i've never been an extremist as far as my drug or alcohol use i don't like feeling out of control so when she offered me something so powerful, I was like, "Oh no, yeah, fucking you the thank to you, say no. yeah, no, thank you." So that was the old dare slogan, man. Just say no. That's Just right. say no. That's right, and it worked for me. By golly, it my did. dare officer <laughs> reeked of fucking scotch and cigarettes. <laughs> Sixth grade, we always used to be like, "Dude, your your bear that you bring in smells like a fucking ashtray, bro." <laughs> Hey, but he's allowed to do that. You I know, guess. do as yeah, I say, I not as I do. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's what I tell Charlie. That's right. <laughs> That's healthy. That's so healthy. She started on the pills. She did, yeah. And um I just didn't think anything of it. I was I was doing my own thing. I was in my early twenties. I I started seeing fish a year later, so off mm. I went into my own world. So um and and then one day I was uh I, I remember this day too. I was asleep with a cold i had gone to bed early i had taken nyquil i was like all right i'm out i'm and my mom came into my bedroom and woke me up and she said we need you need to come out here we need to talk and i I was like oh my god what like i'm sleeping i'm sick like what do you want so we came out and gathered in the living room and who was all in the living room all four of us my my mom um her husband who is my dad now he adopted me so i have his last name now so I'm gonna. I'll separate the two: biological dad and dad. That's I know all about it. So yep. yeah. So um. Anyway, so it was that my mom, my current dad, and my sister and myself. So the four of us were in the living room, and that was when Michelle came out and told us that she had a problem with addiction and she was addicted to heroin. And it took God, me how fucking ballsy of her to do that. I know, right? I was really. I mean, I was glad she did. I my first instinct was frustration because sure. I had just lost a friend to it. Really? Yes. Brutal. So, um, God. So I was like, "What the fuck are you doing? Like, what are you serious?" And I and I felt I feel bad now because my first instinct was anger, but it's I was okay. also like, it's I was okay. on Nyquil. I had just been woken up to be told sure. this. I was sick. I was cranky. So I, you know, at first it was like, "What the fuck is going on?" I'm so on? grateful for you sharing your real feelings. Yeah, I, I said before we started, I go, "Don't get offended by this, Teresa," but I'm going to refer to you as an ordinary person because Jeff and I are ordinary people. We're not celebrities, you know. We're not, you know, having this podcast isn't for the celebrities it's for ordinary people and and i appreciate you sharing those emotions and being honest because 
people feel so much shame in how they feel. Yeah. Like, oh, and then they live with that. Mm-hmm. Like, I sh- like you just kind of said it. I, I wish I wasn't angry. Like, it's okay. Well, it, I'll, I'll continue with yeah. what I was saying, though, is that the, the very next day, I began reaching out to some of my other friends who I knew were in mm-hmm. recovery, and I was like, what can I do for her right now? So mm-hmm. I was also the very first person to take her to a meeting. That's awesome. I went with a, I went with her to a meeting, and I bet I'd, she was so scared. She must have been. She she must have been terrified. Even the even to initiate that conversation in your living room. Mm-hmm. Um, there's people that don't that just don't they they're not even close to that point, and to be at that point. Go ahead, yeah, it seems Jeff. like you hear it the other way around. Yeah, like an intervention. Yeah, yeah right. Usually, That's a great point. Yeah, usually the other the person yeah. is you're approached. dragging a person, kicking and screaming. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Very good point, Jeff. That, yeah, yeah. So it, it tells me, it shows me a lot of things. and It and, tells me that, the, most importantly, it tells me that she didn't want to do this. Mm-hmm. She didn't want to do and this anymore. the power of fucking addiction. Yeah, right? yeah. And that's what's so sad about it is that... That's a great point. I don't... I, I, no, I'm sorry cool. I interrupted. I have yeah. fucking goosebumps. That You're right. That's what exactly what it shows. Mm-hmm. That she didn't want to do... To be addicted to the shit. It no. was... Uh, it's sorry. a miserable existence. It's crazy. I mean, it's a miserable. Mm-hmm. And then even just to think about getting sober from the stuff. I mean, that's from what I understand, the absolute worst <laughs> feeling that a person can go through. I mean, it's I I can't even comprehend how bad it is. It's been described. Yep. I think people attempt to describe it, but I don't think I could ever comprehend how like bad that three is. Three days of laying in a bathtub, puking your yes. guts out. Yeah. Get the uh, fuck out of here. Yeah, that sounds terrible. It's so not she, my idea of a good time. After this revelation in your living room, then you guys immediately went to a, a meeting the next day the next day yeah i took her did she go to anything inpatient um she did but at, the first thing she tried was outpatient sure, though and yeah um and i don't want to like the i've my mother is a saint and she's wonderful mm-hmm. and she dealt with this in the best way she knew how but she did not know how bad this was she thought it was just what no who that's did normal. though who that's, did that's normal i mean when michelle got into it i feel like michelle was on the front end of this mm-hmm. whole this epidemic that has since like exploded since then. yeah yeah so, so that's we didn't know anything so my mom was thinking like oh okay just send her to an outpatient place she'll go to a meeting a couple times a week and in a, you know, a little while she'll be fine i'm right? praying for your mom oh yeah I'm yeah sure please she... yeah mothers generally are the like they they want to help 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 and they they won't push back if their child's super scared. So like even if she would have pushed, hey, you need inpatient and been a hard ass about it, foot down. Mm-hmm. And your sister would like, I, let me try outpatient first. I'm scared to death because that's that a mother. Mm-hmm. You know how scared it, a mother is when their child goes to a inpatient rehab, whether it's for two weeks or two fucking years. It I mean, must be terrifying. So. All those emotions are at play. Like I said mm-hmm. earlier, when you originally got angry and then you went through your... It's like a grief. You go through your stages of emotions and it's not a linear thing. Um, on your side of the table, yeah. like, And then it, the next day it turned into eagerness to help. And and you had touched on the fish stuff. We, we talked about it um, at the beginning of the podcast. I know how much music means to you at your... At your church, at your sanctuary, yeah, it is, is. is 
your genre and that they really all music but you have a specific genre that you really enjoy i know mm-hmm. the rush thing was hard on you if you've seen every fucking show under the sun uh, with those guys um and all their tribute bands and everything god bless you um they're good I, yeah you know oh, yeah um but they're great I, and i just i know that your sister also michelle was obsessed with music just yeah. as much as i so, was so then you, you guys have that connection. Yeah, we had an intense connection over specifically the band Pink Floyd. All right. Uh, Pink Floyd, their music is uh, reflective of a lot of the things that she went through. I lost with- my virginity to, to a comfortably numb <laughs> playing in the background. That's charming. Sorry, TMI. <laughs> Sorry. Here I'm like pouring my soul out over yeah, Pink Floyd is like in my, you're like, yeah, I fucked to that song. <laughs> cool. Who hasn't? <laughs> Anyway, me. I God bless you. Right. All right. So sorry. I sometimes it's. A, I don't know if it's. A, it, I don't. Okay. It, fair it, enough. It, I just blurt and. <laughs> anyway, I know. So Pink Floyd bonded you and your sister. It did. Yeah. Even yeah. More. Even more. I'm sorry. I'm losing it. We can. We can edit that. Is it something yeah. I said? No. We're gonna leave that all. Is in. it something I said? No. Chris needs to own that. Yeah. He needs to own that. I'm new at this. <laughs> It's not the, about me. The derailing of a perfectly good conversation <laughs> with a war story. I, so it's good. I want to get a little bit of laughter in. Be, you guys, sure. this is heavy it's heavy. Yeah, yeah, it is. So. It's absolutely heavy. And it's okay to laugh. Laugh at me, too. Well, and it, yeah. This, and that's what the both of you are fucking doing. Right well, that's right. That's exactly right. And it's, a, it's, and it's okay to laugh, too. I mean, it happens all the time at, at work if I complain about some small sure. bullshit. The girls like will crack up at me, and they'll be like, I'm sorry, I'm laughing. I'm like, no, dude, it's okay. You have to. Right. Like, you have to. This is funny. So. So that was hilarious. I'm glad that just happened. <laughs> so, so if I can, if I can gather the two of you, um, pink, so you guys started enjoying music. Um, this was a high school thing, or when did this start? It started. Um, it started with El Monstero, the local yeah, Pink Floyd dude. tribute band. Um, if you haven't seen them, go see them. They're they're a fucking delight. They did a huge thing for our. Uh, Family Heart Foundation. Yeah, so Heart not Foundation. only are they is it a great show, but they're really, really great guys. I remember you telling me that mm-hmm. before they did this mm-hmm. with Ali, like yeah. that they're you know, and that that's something that you were drawn to. Your mus- you you like these like the musicians that are good fucking people. Yeah, too. yeah, that's I appreciate that the most. Um, so it started with that. I went to see them one time, and then Michelle the next year. I was like, you got to go, you got to come with me. So she came with me. And she was blown away, so that became our tradition. We went to El Monstero every single year without fail. And even a couple years in, we're like, why are we only doing this once? Because they play like seven or eight shows every winter, you know? We're like, why do we only go once? Let's go two or three fucking times. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go all the time. So we started doing that. And the music really bonded us. And I I remember there was one Christmas, and and this is uh, so you always like to do recommended listening. I'd like to yeah offer, yeah please I'd like to give us our rec- background music. I got you a, a recommended. We can't play it because no, we're there. But, but we'll get sued out of our ass. Exactly. <laughs> I know they don't take kindly to that, but mm-hmm. um, I will say some recommended listening is uh, "Wish You Were Here," mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. song started out as I got my first guitar when I was twenty one, and. That's the first song I learned how to play, of course, as as just about everybody. I think everyone starts with like Stairway to Heaven or Wish You Were Here, like one or the like two. Wayne's World, no Stairway. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Denied>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, 
So I do remember like getting that guitar out and just wanting to show off a little bit. So I sat, we sat next to the Christmas tree, which El Monstero is at Christmas time. So we've actually always referred to Christmas time as El Monstero season. All not, right, it's all not right. Christmas season. Jesus is not offended. No, that's cool, man. Jesus gets it. Jesus has got to love Pink He's Floyd. Man. Into He's got to right love now. Pink Floyd, dude. So, uh, so I, I got my guitar out. I wanted to show off a little bit. So I played "Wish You Were Here" sitting next to the Christmas tree, and we like sang it together. But this was before any of this shit went down with her. So she was still in a really good place at the time. Yeah. Uh, but "Wish You Were Here" became my song for her, and here's why: it's because it's about a man named Sid Barrett, who was a member of the band. And Sid Barrett did a whole lot of acid, which exacerbated a mental illness that he sure. already had. He had schizophrenia, which oh. eventually got way worse as a result of drug use. So Man. Sid Barrett kind of disappeared and went off into the world. And they were recording an album called Wish You Were Here. And this man showed up at the studio and he's like fat and bald and like unrecognizable. And these guys are like, "Do you guys know who this guy is?" That was me at the here? pits of my. That was Chris Pondoff. Zone. That actually turned out to be Chris. That's exactly <laughs> what I look like. That's what I look like before Spoil- I stopped drinking. Spoiler alert, guys! It was Chris Pondoff. No, um, so this guy is standing around, and, and the guys in the band started to be like, "Dude, do you know who this guy is? Who is this guy?" And they eventually realized it was Sid Barrett. Holy and shit! I dropped- never fucking knew that. Yeah. I've heard that song. Like- million times yeah and so and it yeah to a lot of people it's like this cheesy kind of you know it's the pink floyd song everybody knows and blah 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 but to me right but then you hear this you know but you hear this so sid barrett was like off in the world like lost and and nobody knew where he was and nobody knew how he was and that's what the song's about and it's um it's about him so he showed up yeah he showed up to the recording session and nobody knew who he was and I don't think they talked to him or anything. Like maybe a small talk, maybe. But wow. um, but he was so far gone, yeah. he couldn't connect with any of them. I don't think he was able to interact with them. Mental so, health, man. It, yeah, it, it's that's a you know you got to take care of yourself. I've but, seen some guys on some bad fucking acid trips in my like really in high school back when mm-hmm. I think I, I haven't been around it. I know that the mushrooms and the acid are a little bit different. Yeah, um, but I've seen like guys with the paper acid or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. lsd is and be on some bad trips like you know i heard a story about a guy that did so much he thought he was jesus christ for six months like that's how <laughs> fucked up you were wow acid Hope is it always wasn't him. we missed that one <laughs> yeah we fucked that up yeah, right. we? <laughs> we, sent, we sent that poor guy packing and he no might have been shit. the real thing yeah. no wonder why this fucking shit's going to <laughs> yeah. hell right you sent that's a- why there's that's why we got our president you sent away christ himself you uh, let's just hope it was the acid <laughs> well, yeah. and pray for that guy obviously. that's right pray for him but so, um, so i bring that up because i know how important music is yeah. and i and i um know how important it was to your sister and how even through her addiction and really her sobriety because you had mentioned when i when i told the audience here that she passed away that you had thought she was clean like you didn't mm-hmm. know that she was using again because what during her battle during her journey and her fighting against addiction there was a period of sobriety yeah she had and, a few of them and you you would 
tell me that you guys would you would try to take her to shows and mm-hmm. you guys would go to shows and it'd be like a I mean, it was fucking spiritual for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and that, especially going to El Monstero and right. hearing them play Wish You Were Here. I mean, if she was standing next to me, she would hold my hand. Mm. She knew it was her song. She knew that she was lost out in the world. We're just two lost souls swimming in a fishbowl. That's it. That's you know? it. And, so, and, she, and that's how it was for years. That's how it was. I didn't know where she was. I didn't know what she was doing, how she was doing. And I just thought about her all the time. So if she was standing next to me, she'd hold my hand during that song. Oh and if she wasn't standing next to me, I would be in a puddle of tears. <laughs> and it, because I always knew, because there were times when she didn't go with me. There were mm-hmm. times where I, I took her one time and uh, she was with me physically, but nodding out at the table that we right. were sitting at. And my friends were all like holding me. I mean, I'm at a show that I fucking love. I've been going to this since mm-hmm. I was 18 years old. And my friends are all holding me because I am wrecked because my sister was at the table, nodding out, clearly gone, clearly just gone. So we've been through everything together with that band particularly. And um, yeah, I think our last time seeing Wish You Were Here together was El Monstero of 2017. I think that was the last time. And she was on the floor and I was up in the seats with my parents and uh, which that was amazing too. Our last time seeing El Monstero together, we finally got our parents to go. So all Holy four of shit. us were there. You, that's... It was our last time. Yeah. And she texted Ooh. me during Wish You Were Here. She was on the floor and she goes, I'm singing this to you right now. And I said, Me too. All right. And I still have that text message. Like, I'll never delete that. I almost need to, like, screenshot I'm it and send it to somebody else. Goosebumps yeah. Right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, same. Yeah. Thank you for this. this yeah, is... you're welcome. And, and, and that, I don't know. I, we all have our own story. I would just relate. I mean, that shit to to fucking God, man. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just nuts. And you had touched on her. You know, you'd use the term nodding out. Was mm-hmm. there times through her? So she okay. Let's just go back a little bit to opioids. When did when did you know that she started using them because she offered you one, and then when she told you that she'd been addicted to heroin, somewhere in between, she made the switch. Yes. Because... I I didn't really know the story behind that until after she got clean for the first time. Really? Yeah, and apparently she'd been hanging out with... um, Oh, God, this could go on a tangent easily. Do your thing. She'd been hanging out with some bad people, you know, because... Um, due to our childhood trauma, we didn't know who we could trust. You can't trust your Bingo. own fucking parents. Who do you know to trust? So, Bingo. So, and, and it's not that we didn't trust. I shouldn't say parents. Our mother was always wonderful to us. So, But, you right. know, the other person who you're supposed to trust, you can't. And um, so she obviously started running with some bad people. And from what I understand, the person she used with for the first time uh, told her that it wasn't going to be addictive. Ha! Oh, my. And she claimed to believe it, although I don't know that, how true that is. I'll never know, you know, but she did claim to believe it. Um, and I think it was very sneaky for her, the way she explained it. And I, I wonder why she'd lie, though. <clears throat> I mean, if she's, she because told she you was, this after she got clean. Like, yeah. Well, she, that's I think a, that's something that we all know mm-hmm. to be true, but I could see how you would think, well, if I do it once. Well, here's, here's right, the thing. I'm going to explain how sneaky it was. And, and back to the lying thing, too, just real quick. Um, I think some people who are addicted to drugs, even in their sobriety, 
they're so used to lying that they just do it. That's a good point. And That's so, a good point. So, yeah. um, so she even in her sobriety, she would lie to us about little tiny things, things that she didn't need to lie about, things that she probably felt like she needed mm-hmm. to lie about. I think it was just second nature to her because mm-hmm. of her addiction. Um, yeah, I mean, it, mm-hmm. we we become professional fucking liars. Uh-huh. There's no question about it. Right. You're and right. It's, That's it's a, a hard habit. It's a hard habit to break. You have so much shame about what you've done. That you'll do anything to make to like skew the truth somehow, so that people don't really know how bad it is. That makes that's why I'm so grateful for you coming on here today because, you know, I, as much as I try to relate, our perspectives are so different because you are on the table, the side of the table of the friends and family of, mm-hmm. and and yeah, you're so right because we do, especially there's something about obviously the stigma of heroin and that addiction to you know with. And, and shooting stuff into your veins like i've seen the most honest people turn into fucking petty thefts yeah. like they walk into a gas station and steal rollos like they're not going to resell the rollos they you know they just take it because cool. they just are so used to lying in their way through their addiction to 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 get a fix so well, that's a great point i actually have a counterpoint to that that you're saying it turns honest people into dishonest people i think michelle and i might have both been habitually dishonest oh yeah due to our childhood that's true we were so terrified of getting in trouble for anything because trouble meant bad that was bad yeah. i mean we would get and think about that we would get beat we would get um you know he would he would yell at us and he would belittle us and it would it would be terrible like just for innocent mistakes so anyway um i think that kind of contributed her to her ability to lie because we were both so used to lying because we 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 didn't want to get in trouble oh my god it was it was horrific so so i don't know so i'm not sure why she would lie about that but back to what we were talking about the heroin was a, a sneaky addiction for her um, I think she started with it and thought like, oh, that was great. I can do this on weekends. I could do this on weekends. This is awesome. So it was like, and this this is what she told me, actually. So she started it and was like, that was great, dude. All right, I'm going to do that again next Saturday or whatever after I get off work. And soon Saturday turns into Sunday because you don't feel so good Sunday because you need it. Or you just want to do it again because mm-hmm. it's so great. And soon that turns into okay i have to do it monday before work because i'm sick as shit i can't go in and do anything and then it right. quickly turns into a daily thing and it's very sneaky like that though because the first few times you do it you don't necessarily feel addicted to it at least i understand that to be true for some people and i'm sure with other people like i've heard yeah um, harris whittles talk about and, and he's a famous fish fan also no longer with us um but he was a famous fish fan on Parks and Rec and a comedian, hilarious okay. guy, just a gem of a person. But he's now he talks about heroin and saying, like, as soon as I did it, I know yeah. I did heroin. I've heard that, too. Yeah. He was as like, soon as I'd, it's in your veins. Yeah. He fucked. goes, I, I shot up and goes, that's it. I do heroin. Mm-hmm. That's it. And so um, so I think for some, everybody, everybody is different. Everybody's There's no different. question. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So with Michelle, it was a more like sneaky thing. It just kind of crept up on her. And I don't, I don't think she expected that at yeah. all. I. So. I have been a student of childhood trauma since since Ashley and I started doing the that thing, the foster thing, because you, you that's all the basically the training is all you're you're getting a traumatized child, and did you <coughs> a little aside for it, understanding childhood trauma is a I don't know if it's a relatively new thing I think it kind of is in the way that. 
when they used to when doctors used to ram fucking Ritalin and shit down kids gullets because they were ADD or ADHD which is a legit um condition it absolutely is um what happens if they get to the bottom of that kiddos that have childhood trauma the same symptoms of childhood trauma are the same symptoms of ADD, ADHD. Do you know why that is? Because people with children, especially with childhood trauma, mm-hmm. become very, very sensitive people. Okay. And sensitivity is one cause of ADHD. Okay. And yeah. So that's being a highly sensitive person makes you and makes you internalize the world around you that makes sense so yeah. that's i actually I'm just listen to right i listen now. to another podcast and i'll i'll say the name of it yeah, if well, you, go ahead okay i don't think we can get <clears throat> trouble for that jeff no. right we're promoting okay. yeah, absolutely yeah so i don't want to like i i was almost like i don't want to promote another podcast no. on yours but there's a really wonderful podcast called last day and okay. it's all about the opioid crisis and it's oh, really? it's done by stephanie whittles wax who's harris whittles sister ah. um I'll have to check that out. Yeah. And so actually I wanna I wanna say this too. She has a book all about Harris and her losing him. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, and, you're good. Uh and it's it's called Everything is Horrible and Wonderful and it's uh it's all about her loss of him and guess what? That book came out two weeks after Michelle died. Oh wow. And I read it. I read it immediately. I blew through it. It helped me so much awesome. to understand. And you know what I did? I reached out to her on Facebook. Did you? And I, yeah, I sent her a message. And I was like, hey, look, I don't, ex- I don't expect you to respond uh-huh. to this. But, um, you know, I just want you to know your book helped me a lot. I lost my sister 14 days ago. And I needed this more than you know. And you know what? Mm-hmm. Within minutes, she got back to me. Man. That's yeah. Awesome. Minutes later, I had a message from her. S- say the name of the podcast again. The name of the podcast is Last Day. And say the name of, you know the name of the book, right? The name of the book is Everything is Horrible and Wonderful. Okay. By? By Stephanie Whittles Wax. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to check that out, it's too. It's a great book. Awesome. I'll right? let you borrow well, it. I got it. I'll let right. you borrow it. Um, yeah, that's incredible. And so the the, the trauma, um, there's, now they're separate. Now they're, once they identify the child as... Okay, you have childhood trauma. Before we start prescribing you the, the, the Ritalin and shit, we're going to investigate a little bit. And when they found out, and I'm just, and I'm speaking from personal experience with, with my little guy, like there was some trauma, let's address that and treat that. And it's amazing. Like mm-hmm. the, the therapy and the, um, that he, that he gets and that's helped him. And then it's actually helped because Ash, it's helped Ashley and I help him, um, which is great. It's incredible that they've gotten to this this point and so when you were telling your story about your um can i call him a shit bag or not <laughs> you your, your, your certainly shit, your bag <laughs> your fucking bag of shit uh bio dad um i all i could hear was the trauma for both of you mm-hmm. and how i uh, would have bet all my money on a roulette table that that the trauma that your sister was was struggling with um led to probably some of the addictions and i'm certain that yeah. it did and i'm you know, I I've never I never met her, right? Uh, no, you didn't. No, and that would that would have been nice if you. I yeah. I wanted you to because I I thought you. Well, guys you kept could... inviting me to shows, and I I mean I want to. So, speaking of that, <laughs> I, we're we're when I bring up the music because it's so in your DNA. Yeah, it, the it music is is, is you. So, mm-hmm. having her, I know, um, following her her passing, it was it was tough for you to go go out to some sh- mm-hmm. some shows, and then there was one. 
that you couldn't go to. Yep, I could not go to El Monstero this year. I went last year, and that was the first one that I went to. You, but you fucking you you were drug. You made you. I made myself. You go. really took that on. I mean, the bravery that it took to go do that. Yeah, it was really tough. Um, So they played a summer show in August of 2018, which was six months. It was actually six months to the day that she died. So um, in August of 2018, they played a show at Riverport. And I was like, I got to just try, I guess. I mean, I don't know. It feels weird to miss it. It's been a part of my life since I was a teenager. You know, so I was like, I, I don't know if I can miss it. So I I went, I bought a lawn ticket, and I sat at the top of the lawn, you guys, and I cried through that, like, whole show. And just at different times, people came and held me, and when they played Wish You Were Here, I had, like, all ten of my fucking friends, like, holding me, literally holding me. I mean, I sat on the ground the whole time, which is unusual for me. I usually stand and dance and move around, and um, I just laid out a blanket, and I just sat there at the top of that lawn, and it, it was dark, and I was like, I don't give a shit who sees me. Like, I'm just going to endure this show. And I, I literally start, like, got it's welled up. a great up word with, you just used. D- yeah, endure. endure. Yeah, it was definitely an endurance. Um, but even just walking in and, like, seeing the El Monstero logo on the stage, I was like, oh, God, here it goes. Here it goes. I just started, like, crying immediately. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and throughout the show, there were parts of it that I liked enough, yeah. but you know, because I liked, I liked their music, you know. So um, there were parts that I enjoyed, but for the most part, it was just so god awfully painful. To you do really it. faced your fucking grief head on. I that did. Show. I mean, I need this music, and and whenever I really need to feel Michelle, mm-hmm. I listen to Pink Floyd specifically. I told you guys to listen to Wish You Were Here for this. I also want our listeners to listen to on the turning away that was her favorite favorite pink floyd song and it's also i mean the final line of the song is is it only a dream that there will be no more turning away Hmm. and it's that's powerful to me like we can't turn away from these people in pain anymore we can't and and back to what you're saying about <laughs> trauma and Charlie and I'm sorry, should I not? Have no, said you're, okay. you're fine. You're fine. I didn't want. To, um, He's so, ours now. Okay. So anyway, <clears throat> back to your discussion about trauma. That's that's one of the podcasts I list that last day podcast. You cut Charlie's hair too, so I you have, know. Yeah, you, I, you, yeah. you know Charlie. Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah, you've followed he's, his. He's, you've been in our corner since we. He's a been he's doing a good this, kid. So. Really great kid. So this uh this doctor Gabor Mate talked all about trauma and how it's the one thing in addiction therapy that's usually not addressed. Usually people like address the addiction itself and like mm-hmm. what's problematic about it and why is it ruining your life and and he takes a different approach. He wants to talk about trauma and he also wants to talk about why is the addiction good for you? Why do you yeah, do this? That's awesome. That 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 so when Nick was on um he mentioned that his facilities they 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 what makes them a special group is that they go after that shit too yeah they don't just treat the addiction they that's a great way to put it what what that doctor put it why are why does this feel so good yeah to you? why do you do let's this? fucking address that yeah shit. let's get let's roll our sleeves up let's get our fucking hands dirty and let's get down yeah and, and, and why does this, this make out. you feel good why do you need this to feel Man, good? that's great you know and it's um so that's yeah that was a really interesting perspective mm-hmm. to me and you know what i I, I guess we're going to jump around the timeline here a little bit, but, um, you know, okay. towards, towards the end of Michelle's life, um, 
you know, her, like I said, her death was shocking because none of us knew for sure that she was using. Right. I suspected it the whole time. I suspected, I didn't suspect that she was using yet, but I suspected she was on her way because I could tell that she was not taking care of herself and she was not um, addressing her trauma and she was not. She really like she didn't yep. hang on to any sponsors. She and maybe twelve step isn't for everybody, but she wasn't really doing. And and I know it works, but she wasn't really doing anything, you know. So she, I mean, she was going to meetings and seeing people, and and but she'd have a sponsor, and then she'd flake out on them after like the first two you, steps. You, you have to work the program. You, you do. You, you're not going to get anything out of it if you don't work the program. I know. And she really did. She never worked the program mm-hmm. all the way through. She never made it past like step two ever. Yeah. And she told me that. She told me that a few times. But at the end of her life, I suspected something was not right. Mm-hmm. I suspected it. And um, even my own boyfriend was like, you know, you're the only one that could see that. Because I was. No one else could tell what was going on. And I, I, I just as felt... As close as you guys were. Yeah, I yeah. I was true. the only one that could see what was really, really happening. And our last night together... We got into a little bit of heavy stuff. She had this. She had this boyfriend uh, the last few months that she was alive, and I don't want to say his name because no, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah, a yeah. fucking fan. Never yeah. was. Never was. We'll talk so, about that offline. I'll put him on my list. Sure. <laughs> I have that list. You know that yeah. if the Christian shit doesn't work out, <laughs> it's called my if cut you, list. If you gotta go, if you gotta go a different route. Um, um, so anyway, this guy stepped out for a smoke and to like run across the street and get us some food. And in those few minutes, I got a couple minutes with her just to talk about like, hey, what's your path? What's going on? And she had a, she had an appointment with a psychiatrist that was coming up and she wanted to like try to help herself. Mm-hmm. Actually, while we were sitting there, our bio dad called her. She still had a relationship with him. She did. Yeah. She I think she always chased that. Like, whereas I right. walked away from him when I was 18. I was like, I'm fucking done. I'm done being abused. I'm done being talked to the way you talk to me. I walked away. Fucking courage right I, there, Teresa. You guys, I ghosted my own dad. That's fucking courage. I didn't even say goodbye. I didn't even tell him I wasn't going to talk to him ever again. I just left his house one day and never came back. So, um, but she didn't do that. She she really wanted to maintain that relationship because she had different memories of childhood than sure. I did. Like, I would be like, oh, do you remember this or that? And she'd be like, no, I don't, I don't. And it was, you know, horrible things. So she he actually called while we were sitting there and she looked at it and was like, oh, shit. And I was like, what? You know, and it's and she goes, it's him, you know. And um, she said there in that moment, she goes, I think I'm kind of done with him. I think I'm kind of hmm. done trying to talk to him. And I think I'm kind of done with everything. And I was like, that's I mean, that's good. If that's I'm like, how you I'm feel. Like sgr- smiling. Yeah. And I'm like yeah. Grinning. And I, I was I was relieved, but I didn't want to be too enthusiastic, you know, because it's sure. not an easy decision to make. So I was just kind of like, well, good. You know, I hope you can find some support elsewhere because I don't think he's giving yeah. it to you, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what their relationship was like. We didn't really talk about it very much because I frankly didn't want to hear about him. Now, I never told her that, but I think she knew that. Yeah. I never told her not to talk about him. She could talk about whatever she wanted with me. Sure. You know. But yeah, she seemed very focused on her recovery at the last night we ever spent together. Man. Which was at a concert, appropriately. The last place I ever uh-huh. saw my sister was at the pageant. So that was that. Was that. So, yeah, and that, they get great, the addicts and they get great at hiding it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and she was great at hiding it. it. Yeah. yeah, she was great at hiding it. So, um, and I'll jump around again after she passed away. So she passed away on February 12th. And for two whole entire days, we wondered what happened to her. We were like, what was that? Did she have a heart attack? Did she have an aneurysm? I guess we're going to have to wait for the autopsy results because none of us oh, knew okay. she was using. So you knew she had passed away. Yeah. Freaked out. Family's yeah. crushed. Well, and then that's you the didn't thing. know what the cause was. Yeah. So okay. where we found her, we found no evidence yeah. of drug use. We we found no evidence in her bedroom, and her purse, and where she was. Like, we didn't find any evidence of anything. Sure. I, you know, I hear you hear all the time that... Um, that heroin addicts, when they get clean and then they use again, often the ODs because they go back to the using the same mm-hmm. amount that they were using when they were at the peak of their addiction. Yep. And their body can't take anymore, and mm-hmm. it shuts them down immediately. Well, um, I don't is, know if that's the case here. But that's not what happened to her. She got a full shot of fentanyl. Which is another huge problem right now. Feeling all the emotions with yeah. you. That makes me so angry. Yeah, I know. And sad. I know. And... I, got, I felt happy and relief when you told me that she had, like, come to peace probably with her old man, like, mm-hmm. the bio dad. Like, that made me smile. Like, mm-hmm. this is, this is a, uh, this is how, feeling all the feels, as people say. Yeah, on this. yeah. She went through a journey, man. She she had a lot of stuff. So the pageant was the last time you guys were together. Yeah. At a They Might Be Giants concert. Okay. Because I remember you at, so when I was asking about the music, we did the Riverport show, but there was a you didn't go to the El Monstero show this year because you couldn't because yep. like you said earlier your grief journey is not a fucking line mm-hmm. it's all over the place like a like a what's that it, when you're on the on the TV shows when there's a patient in the bed and before like they flatline yeah yeah, yeah 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 it's got all it's up and down up it and down is. up and down until yeah. somebody's flatlined it so that's what that's kind of how the grief graph looks mm-hmm. and um but there was one in particular that I remember that maybe it was the first time you went back to the pageant. Well, it, was, it was something at the pageant that you were, I, th- I think your boyfriend pushed you to go. Um, am I getting this right? Yeah, he encouraged me. He and it encouraged, was, it was, yeah. was it the first time back? It was the first time back seeing El Monstero at the pageant. I actually went to the pageant like two weeks after she died and it was horrible for me but i i had to Uh do it i I went back to see the the other uh local tribute show celebration day which she and i had like no ties to led zeppelin so i was like i can i can do this i can try to do this but oh my god it was fucking hard to walk back into that place because we've been to so many shows there like not just el monsteros we've been to so much there so yeah, walking back in there was really, really tough. Um, but I did it though. I I got through it. We had to leave early because I kind of had a meltdown. I was like, I, did, I just got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. Um, Didn't you guys stay, then stay overnight somewhere? That that like wasn't it a special occasion that you, I thought you guys um, had a hotel room and we did that like our last year that we did El Monstero together. Okay. I okay. got a room at the Moonrise because the thing for El Monstero is you wait at the Halo Bar like all day to okay. get into early entry so you can get in and get these like prime real estate seats yeah, yeah, when you get inside. Pageant. Jeff's a musician. So, you you know how the pageant works, right? Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. So uh, we stayed at the Moonrise Hotel so that we could just walk because it was fucking freezing that day, but uh-huh. we had to, you know, so you're going to be staying in line for a few yeah. hours. But if you can try to minimize that time, it's good. So we stayed at the Moonrise so we could just pop down there and see what was going on in line. And once the line got long, we're like, oh, shit, we got to go. So then we ran down. So 
that was our last time yeah doing that together and like i said our Uh parents came and that was really really nice but um yeah and i did uh the year that she passed away i did go to el monstero at the pageant that year but like we were saying that was a show that was yeah and it's i actually enjoyed it more than i thought that i would you know i I enjoyed more of it than felt pain so that was really interesting to me because this year for some reason the holidays were like way harder this year i don't know what happened yeah and i don't know what happened with that and it's well like we said it's it's not a linear process so it can go all over the place this is so helpful for just me to hear and i know it's gonna be helpful for the people out there listening because my grief like my my ultimate tragedy was my old man dying and suddenly and tragically and Mm -hmm. like i couldn't so do so many things i afterwards like i can't i to this day can't even drive down the street that we or into the neighborhood that we lived in i I did, uh, you know, we we had worked together, so I had to go back to the office that I, and his office was right across the hall from me, so I had to face that, and it's still today can be real fucking brutal. Yesterday was his birthday, and um, somebody's asking me, like, we went out to lunch and kind of celebrated it, and uh, somebody's like, I know this is a tough day for you, and I go, actually, it's not to this year. I'm in a I'm in a real good space. Um, so yeah, it it it's a uh, this grief journey is 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 not linear as you stated and it is something that i i don't advocate we doing us doing alone that we do it with somebody we help we reach out we chat with people um talk to a therapist if you can um you know it's interesting you bring up the therapist thing mm -hmm. i've actually been seeing a therapist for quite some time now and i had an appointment with her the day michelle died Holy shit. And I, so I got to, I was so thankful that I got to go to my therapist that day. I was like, oh my God. And I walked in and, you know, she had like some other business to discuss first. Like it was early Mm -hmm. in the year. There was some insurance thing. And she's, you know, then she proceeded to like, so how's it going? Not too good, I guess, huh? Because I was like fucking wrecked. I had like, I, I barely got myself through taking a shower. So I did that. And that's, you know, shower, brush my teeth, the basics before I leave the house. And that's it. That's all I could accomplish that day. Yeah, I've been there, man. I know it. Then it's, no, it's not all you, that is the hardest thing to accomplish. And you did accomplish it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know. I'm like going back. I know the feeling of how hard that is to get the fuck out of bed. Mm-hmm. And um, I've heard a lot of grief stories and and journeys uh, uh, doing this um, this I don't know outreach or mission work, whatever the well, fuck there you was call like it. no way I could have slept anymore that day. I mean, we we found her at like five forty five in the morning, so <sighs> I was up like that whole day. And my appointment was sometime in the afternoon, and I was like, I got to do this. Like, I, I got to go in there. And so, yeah, that was my first thing that I I just came out with it. I'm like, we found my victory. sister this morning. Yeah, and we we talked about it. And she's she's been very good. She's helped me through my grief, like, a lot. And it's nice to just be able to talk about it. But that's where I'm thankful for you and for people like you that have been so supportive throughout this whole thing because you've been through it yourself. And you've not only been through grief, but you've been through addiction. So yeah. you, you understand a lot of the aspects of what I've gone through with her and with myself. And so I, I just appreciate mm-hmm. having that connection to be able to, to have that with somebody is really special and not, cause not everyone understands this. And that's what I hope to accomplish by this, doing yes. this podcast is to help people understand it and to help people feel like what they're feeling is normal. And I just, right. I just want to tell people right now, if you have lost someone to addiction, 
um, it's perfectly normal to feel a whole array of emotions. Like one thing that I felt that was really odd to me was relief. Like I feel, I hear that, you know, I hear that like, often, and not, but nobody, not a lot of people have the balls to say. You it. don't want to admit that because it's really, it's hard to admit that. But on the other hand, it's like I don't ever have to be scared of that again. I don't have to be scared of losing her ever again. And I would, I would almost say that the fear of losing her is just as bad as the grief I feel after losing her. Like the the intensity of that emotion is just as bad. Like it feels mm. terrible. It feel and it felt terrible. She struggled with her addiction for over eight years, and yeah, not knowing what the next phone call was. Not yeah, know, I, you know, like not knowing. So many where people are going to resonate with what you're saying right now. Yeah, I hope so, and I hope that they can feel normal and feeling what they instead feel. of shame. Yeah, yeah because yeah. It's, I think it carries shame if they admit it. Yeah, that they that they had some relief because we we get that bad and that and you you're waiting around and then and scared to death. Mm-hmm. I mean, my mom said it even often that like, she didn't sleep. The first night of sleep she had was when I was tucked away in rehab. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, Teresa, I'm so fucking grateful for you and your and your vulnerability and willingness to to come on here and share some real tough in the feels deep shit. I'm glad to do it. Um. Jeff, this was this was good, man. Great. I I really I can't thank you enough. Um and I don't wanna uh, if there's anything you else want to share, I'm not I'm not putting a lid on you. No, no, this that's is cool. great. Yeah. I could do this all fucking day. I know, I really could. I uh, really it would be very easy we'll to do. We'll have you back. It. This is yeah. this is amazing. And I, I think a lot of people this is gonna resonate with a lot of people. Yeah. Um and and God bless God's speed to michelle yeah um and i i'm a um, firm believer that that we all have like an army of angels up there right um keep an eye out for us and trying to throw some god winks and and uh for those of you that don't know uh teresa here is a a, a rabid besides music fan st louis blues fan Mm-hmm. And Kansas City Chiefs fan. <laughs> I have had a hell That's of a year. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I Michelle, have had a hell of a year. Thanks for the blues, at least. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry that you got to be a hater no, about the Chiefs. I, I, they're all right. I don't hate them. <laughs> I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan, so I don't. Yeah, I don't really have a dog in the fight. Yeah, ever. but aren't you like a part-time Raiders fan too, though? Sometimes, like, so that, me and my isn't friends, that a thing that you've said, me and a couple of my buddies. Um, I don't know if I was still drinking, but if I was, we were all drunk in this garage and went, no, I was sober because it was when the Rams left. So they were drunk in the garage and <laughs> we're like, Who, who's going to be our new team? So we started like drawing cards to represent teams and we landed on the Raiders. And I go, well, I'm a Bengals fan, so I can't have another AFC. It turned into a big fight. So <laughs> I, it was, it was, it was some pretty dumb shit, but, uh, um, well, you should resist being a Raiders fan. Those people are degenerates. They are. You should. I'll tell you a funny, <laughs> before we close a funny string cheese story, oh, <laughs> not the food. <laughs> There's a band like fish called string cheese. And string was, cheese incident. Oh, excuse the fuck out of me. Well, hey, I'm just I'm <laughs> trying to help our people, you hey, know. String cheese incident. Mm-hmm. So they played at the Fox, and I was all fucked up, bunch of blow, and I'm, I, I, I my friends that took me make fun of me because I dressed up like we were going to some kind of club concert, like probably kind of nice. 
and you got all the hippies. In. So, uh-huh. so I walk in the first. The, They're like, "Who's the, this fucking fir- square?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. The first thing there's I, a narc in the audience. There's a narc out here. <laughs> that's so funny. That's probably and then I walk in the fox, and the first thing that hits me is is the smell of of weed and bo. And then I I go into the bathroom, and this guy is like on the floor underneath the urinal, like falling out on like mushrooms and then like so it was like gross as fuck and then he looked up at me he's like you want some of these mushrooms i'm like no look at you. <laughs> i'm not taking anything you just not took. If it makes me roll around on the bathroom floor right and covered in urine <laughs> like right. get the fuck out of here right. so i go to you we look- go to our seats this is with my friends that i always talk to you yeah. about we go to our seats and i am a shit-faced mess and i'm like Starting to get like I want to be want to fight somebody like just a jerk off right. <laughs> well, there's people in front of us start holding up a fucking Texas state of Texas flag, string cheese. And so Are they, they from there? It's from Texas or somebody. Um, yeah. I feel like string cheese might be from Colorado, but you just don't quote me on yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, well, somebody told me they're from Texas. Okay. That's why the they Texas might, flag they might was up very there. Well be, yeah. So my drunk ass starts screaming at him, <clears throat> "Fuck Texas! This is Illinois." <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm from Illinois, yeah, right? Yeah. We're at the Fox in Missouri. <laughs> what a fucking idiot I am. But none of these stoners could hear me. They were all in their own fucking la-la land, man. But I, 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 I have not ever been asked back to a show since I went to that string cheese concert with them. I did do the Keller Williams thing in Champaign, and two of my buddies like laid in front of his bus so he couldn't leave doing the We're Not Worthy thing, because they love these fucking jam banders, man. I'm so stoned, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have you know that I listen to Fish and the Grateful Dead regularly uh, without being stoned. I'll have you know. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I do. I didn't I don't, know that was possible. It's right? possible. I do it. I live it, you guys. On, she I do. couch tours. So like, if she's I not going tour. to the show, mm-hmm. she live streams Fish shows, dude. Yeah, oh, man. Oh, man. Um, Got a six set up, Teresa, man. I want to end on this. Okay. It was a tough... It's been a tough couple of years. Mm-hmm. But there's been some highlights. Yeah, absolutely. And knowing your love for the St. Louis Blues and for Fish, mm-hmm. how fucking awesome was it that they played Gloria oh my after God. Game 7? You know what's even more fucking awesome is that you called it. Like, weeks before that, you're like, what if they play Gloria? I'm like, stop it. I didn't even think about that. Total shot in the dark, right? I know. And who would have thought? But I I will say that was the best night of my life. And that's why I I brought it up. And I didn't think that that was possible with with what I have been through. That's why I brought it up. Because I know how that was. I was in... Fortunate enough to be in fucking Boston. Um, we were both having game. the best night of our lives. Yeah, you like, can say we that both again. were. I was thinking. I told of you, Ashley I... that my wedding is no longer the best. <laughs> night. <of my> life. <laughs> she is a saint. Yeah, she is. She really is. Yeah, I can't believe it. That's she goes. Amazing. I I kind of can understand, that a little bit, but <laughs> you're still an asshole. Um, <laughs> I, I wanted to bring that up because the joy is an understatement yeah. for that night. Oh um, yeah, to be at at your. You're, you're, with your band, with mm-hmm. I mean, this is more than just going to watch the fucking Backstreet Boys. This is the you. This is a way of life. Fish for fish fans, and for them, for Trey, I, ah, Trey, Trey, dude. dude. <laughs> when, for Trey to play Gloria and and that and there was an inflatable Stanley Cup going around. Oh my god, it, it was, was uh, it was amazing. That was just amazing. It, 
I can't believe it. I just couldn't. Yeah, to, to be there to celebrate my favorite team winning the championship with my favorite bands surrounded by fans of my favorite band. I mean, fish fans are feral, you know, like, uh, right. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely insane. And so, like, I, you know, I've talked to so many little people. Stinky. <clears throat> little stinky. <laughs> they're aromatic, right? Oh, <laughs> they're aromatic. No. But I've talked to a lot of people about that since then. And all these people I've talked, like, I've known a lot of people that had tickets to that concert. And they're like, I couldn't go, man. I couldn't go. I had to watch the game. I had to watch the game. And I'm like, you know what? I can't imagine being anywhere else that night. I can't. I it, it For you, perfect. it didn't surprise me. And then I was in this seats in boston like going nuts almost making out with strange strangers <laughs> like men and women but no i'm just kidding ashley but i was we we're going crazy uh, fucking tears and i got your notes like they played it they played it you fucking called it they fucking played it like i had to like i usually oh don't. my god i'm going back to it right now my heart is fucking so, so you're like, sitting there and you're getting chills even dude even no through idea. a text like, message yeah. oh my god and covered in them and the reason i'm bringing it up the reason i'm closing with this is because if you're in the fucking depths of this grief shit there's hope yeah there absolutely is life hope. will will you'll, you'll experience joy again and sometimes in some cases joy that you can't even right now you think is impossible mm-hmm. and, and for us for i know you know for me that's what God offers is the ability to make the impossible possible. Yeah. I didn't Maybe. see it coming and I'm so happy I I'm so happy it happened. God. I didn't see it Fuck. coming that night. And I really amazing. didn't. And if you need some joy in your life, look up Fish Playing Gloria on YouTube. It's if there. you need it's out there. It's I listened out, to it on the way here to nice. get ready to interview you. <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. seen it. I've seen it too. Have you good? Yeah. Good. I'm gonna it's, listen to it. When I leave. How fucking fun was that, right? Like, so fun. It's so good. So anyway, like, yeah, if you, if you guys, if anybody needs to be cheered up, and this is the last thing that I want to add to this, mm-hmm. to Chris's friends that we always talk about, please meet me at a yes. show someday. To, yeah, to, so Chris has been telling you. We'll now, I'm, now I'm telling you. If you're listening to this, I gotta see you out there somewhere, man. I've heard so much about you, and we gotta do this. You guys can have some oneies. That's right. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for listening, Teresa. God bless you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for your mom. Thank you. I'm, I'm praying to your sister to, you. to keep looking out for you guys. And uh, what a beautiful woman she was, yeah, and she is was. still is, mm-hmm. and um, always will be. We'll yeah. honor her uh, however you want, and we're gonna honor her by by helping other people yeah. too so so i know that's what she'd want and um from the shores you've shared that uh she would want us to do that so yeah. think about her often i think about your story often and i love you and um like a sister this is uh just been a a, a brutal topic but um it's going to really help some people so thank you for being here well thank you so much i love you back and thanks for being there for me for the last for all the time I've known you. For all the time I've known you. Thank you so much. No need to thank. We're going to keep on keeping on. Right? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. All right, guys. Well, uh, that'll wrap it up. Thanks for listening. Um, we will uh, post some links on the website. And um, until next time, let us pray. If you're struggling or know someone that is, please, please have them check out our podcast and reach out to Chris or me. We want to listen, and we're super eager to help. Pondoff's Anonymous is Chris Pondoff and produced by me, Jeff Allen. Our music is Antihero by McCall and Gentle Waters by Wild Wonder. For more information, visit pondoffsanonymous.com. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. 